Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're revisiting all those amazing shows that only had one season, unfortunately in some cases and fortunately in others. I'm your host, Frank Pezenite III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And join us as we begin our journey today into Gallery Girls. Today we're going to be discussing episode one, all, um, tomorrow. all tomorrow's parties. Yeah. I, of course, I can't read my own handwriting again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I am very excited to delve into this show. Here, let me move the microphone closer to my mouth. Um, this is exciting for me because this is a show I have never watched before. Uh, this is the first show we've covered that I've never watched before. And um, I have to say it's different and interesting to be taking notes on a show that I have had no familiarity with. Um, it was a lot more, it was a lot of work, <laughs> a lot more note taking. And I actually watched it last night in bed um, and then took, watched it again this morning and took notes on it. And for all of you guys out there who want to follow along, the entire season is free on the NBC.com app. Um, you, I have the app on my Samsung TV and my tablet, like you can download it. Uh, the only caveat is you do have to have cable because you have to log in through your cable information to do it. Does that um, to mean watch it's free. also on Peacock? No, it's not, which is so fucking annoying. I okay. went and locked. I was going to say that was about to hurt because my husband does have a Peacock account and I just paid for Gallery Girls because I like being able to like take better screenshots and stuff. So yeah. I just I just bought it on Amazon. It was kind I, of a rip, to be honest. How much was it on Amazon? I think it was 20 bucks for the season, which is pretty standard, but it felt like a ripoff yeah. in this case. <laughs> well, especially because it's, well, I guess it's $2 an episode. Um, I may cave and do that because, I mean, there weren't a ton of ads in the app version, but there were still some. So we'll see if I get annoyed with it and, and just buy it. Yeah. And re-taking notes, I've seen this and this show had a very fast pace. And I was trying to think of which show that we've done that re it reminded me of. And it may have been NYC Prep. Like any show that takes place in New York, they move really fast and the editors think they're being really clever. And I had to pause so many times over things that don't even matter, but I wanted to take notes accurately. Oh, me too. Like all of the restaurants and the gallery names and the side yeah. people. And yeah, I have so many. But you're right. It does remind me of MIC Prep. Um, I would like to do a quick sidebar and appeal to our listeners. Speaking okay. of Peacock, okay. I want everyone to tweet at Peacock. It's so fucking annoying. So I got all excited because I am a law and order sociopath. And on Peacock, they have m most of the regular law and orders, but all of law and order criminal intent, which I love. And you can't buy seasons two, three, and four on Amazon. Like I'm a gross person and I own season one, five, and six. It's just stupid. I spend money on nothing. But um, <laughs> I listen to them when I go to bed. I put them on my tablet and it like puts me to sleep. But on fucking Peacock, they have all, I'm like, this is great. Like I can pay $10 a month, watch them all commercial free. Peacock doesn't have a non-autoplay option. You can't opt out of autoplay. So I can't watch them at night because they will just play all night long. It's so annoying. So I, I looked on Reddit, people are pissed about it. I tweeted them and I'm like, this is stupid. So everyone rise up and demand that Peacock like make you be able to enable uh, the auto uh, play function. Why do they even have that? I don't know, it's stupid. Like it just, you can't turn it off and it will just keep playing and playing and playing for any show on the, on all of Peacock. So you have to sit down and watch an entire series? <laughs> well, I mean, you can manually stop it, but if you don't, it will literally just, like, I woke up in the middle of the night and, like, eight <laughs> episodes of Criminal Intent and played. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, my tablet died. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah, so stupid. So everyone, like, all eight of you out there, rise up. <laughs> However, 
However, I will say that when Netflix pops up that reminder that says, like, are you still watching? Like, aka, hey, fat ass, have you moved yet? I'm always so ashamed. <laughs> like, well, I, haven't, I, have, I haven't moved in four hours. I have all of my TV, the, all of that app, like Hulu stuff, my TV set to autoplay because I do it, but on my tablet, I don't because that's when I watch in bed. Yeah. So stupid same. and annoying. Yeah. Um, so let's do, I have just a scant, teeny tiny bit of Twitter. Oh, well, first of all, I'm being remiss. Everyone, we need to wish Mayor B a very happy belated birthday. Her birthday was yesterday. Happy Thank birthday, you. Mayor B. I look forward to seeing you in person again so I can get you a gift. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to just randomly someone to your house. So I will wait until we can finally be in the same room together. <laughs> um, and then I don't have a lot of Twitter. Um, basically, um, Heather um, hit us up and... Um, said that it's really annoying that they're doing a second season of Family Karma, but Mexican Dynasties wasn't given a second season. And I responded that as much as I love Family Karma, I believe that that is a tragedy because they're both great shows, but Mexican Dynasties obviously was way better. Um, and then um, Heather Austin tweeted us and said, the you smell like my dad's dick line has tears streaming out as I'm laughing. And Who's that makes lot? me so happy. And I would literally do this just for you, Heather. <laughs> like as long as Heather and Chris MC are still out there, we're still doing this. I know. I actually listened to our episode as I was running errands and I was in the grocery store when you said that and it was quite a quite a moment. <laughs> um so just a few things about Gallery Girls before we do our first caddy catalog, which is what we're calling these ladies. Um, so the show aired in 2012. The, it debuted on August 13th, so it was a late summer show. Um, and I believe its finale was October 1st. It's only eight episodes, I think. Um, and Bravo just didn't renew it, which I'm assuming is a ratings issue that no yeah. people are watching it. Which, which is interesting because I feel like I knew a lot of people that watched it when it was on. I, I watched it when it was on and I really liked it, but I was also in the age group. So I don't yeah, maybe maybe true. Bravo at the time was still skewing a little older, but well, I don't well, but I mean it was around the same time as like NYC Prep and yeah, but all that those only, shows. but that only had one that only got one too. Season two. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I also wonder too if it was a time when Bravo like Bravo doesn't have a lot of one offs anymore, so maybe they're giving their shows a little bit more of a chance these days because I feel like yeah. back then they had a lot of one off shows. Yeah. Or they're just, they're catering to the audience they know they have more and more and more. They're just doubling down over and over again on the same stuff. That's very true, too. I like, mean, because I can't, I mean, it's been a long time since we've had a one-off Bravo. It was, was Housewives of DC the last one? The most recent one? Well, Mexican Dynasties. Oh, duh. I'm an idiot. Yeah, of course, Mexican Dynasties. But, but, but I mean, at least there's allegedly still talks about that possibly having another season. Right. Yeah. But they, when you think about it, they've done it differently. Like they do different spinoffs of Below Deck or they, they've added like Salt Lake City and like, you know, all that type of stuff. So anyway. well, they could have done Gallery Girls LA, Gallery Girls Chicago, Gallery Girls Miami. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. I liked it. So understandably so, our first caddy catalog is Chantelle Michelle Chadwick. <laughs> mm -hmm. so Chantal actually got quite a bit of notoriety after the show because she's like um she was referred to as the one that people love to hate I was going to ask like as someone who this is the first viewing I'm getting introduced to these people and a lot of times your thoughts on people on these shows change as the show goes on and evolves um and I was wondering whether she was going to be beloved or hated 
I, by the end of this episode, I was firmly in the hated category, but we'll see if that changes. I think it goes back and forth. And I think that's how I feel about a lot of them. Um, Like you have moments where you like them and you have moments where you really don't. Um, Yeah, I had a lot of that this episode with almost all of them. Yeah, I think that's pretty much just par for the course. So, and we learned a lot about Chantal in this first episode, which was interesting. Um, But like she says, she was born in Atlanta and she grew up just outside of Athens, Georgia. Um, her father grew up in New York City and her mother grew up in LA. So she was always kind of drawn to big city ideas, according to her. She moved to New York when she was 17 to pursue a career in dance. And then she got- Oh, I was wondering because she said that she moved when she was 17. I just assumed it was for college. Yeah. So she got injured and stopped pursuing dance and then went to college in New York and decided to study art history. And while she was- And I'm assuming that the mode of dance was ballet. She, she looks like, like a, a ballerina. ballerina girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she had a variety of like internships and jobs in the fashion and art world while she was in school. And then um, as I've learned from research, she, upon graduation, had the opportunity to open her own space um, with her friend, Laura, who we also meet um, because the woman owned the space and sort of rented it short term to different people, sort of like them for artistic or retail purposes. And she and Laura actually opened end of century before this opening that we're seeing in Gallery Girls. Um, So I read an interview that Chantal opened end of century with Laura in 2010. And then about a year later, they brought in Claudia. So then I'm thinking the space on the Lower East Side is new, but Claudia is also new to it. Um, And that explains some of their attitude with Claudia that we see later to me, because I didn't know that the first time watching it. That does make a little bit more sense because watching it, not knowing that it was like, why are these girls being such cunty bitches to this woman who's helping them out? But if they'd already been doing this on their own for a year and felt like they knew what they were doing, that makes a little bit more sense. It does. Um, So they opened this space that we're seeing on the show with like a one month rent in mind. Like they thought they were kind of just doing like a one month, you know, one off thing. Um, And then I guess they got written about during fashion week and they decided to extend it because they got a little bit of buzz and they decided to keep it going. Um, Oh, so this was just like a pop-up. That's what they thought. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, after, spoiler alert, end of century closes. (laughs) Yeah. I I looked that up on, I was looking it up to see and then it did. And there were like six pretty funny Yelp reviews about it. Yes. And I mean, you'll be able to see pretty early into the show that things aren't going great for the end of century. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, I saw it at the end when they did the um, upcoming season, they made that pretty apparent. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, But when my friend moved to New York, we definitely went to go find where it was just because. Um, But anyway, so after end of century closed, um, Chantal and Lara continued working together and they opened another space in Greenpoint, Brooklyn called Of Us. (laughs) <laughs> oh, is it still open? Uh, no, um, huh. but it was very similar, like fashion and art and, you know, Chantal's whole thing about end of century still applied to all the spaces she did. She said she wanted to be a space where you could buy a $300 dress and a $5 zine. That was her okay. thing. Um, so she split from her boyfriend, Spencer, who we meet on the show in 2014 Um, and she decided that she wanted to get away from the grind of New York City and realized that she could pursue art somewhere else. It didn't have to be New York, and she moved to L.A. Oh, oh. 
I don't know if I could see her in LA. Well, she doesn't have a very LA vibe. She does now. Um, so she is now uh, a partner at an art agency called Assortment that apparently she co-founded based in Silver Lake. And in late 2018, she recorded an album on the Greek island of Nisseros. Shut up. Yep. Um, and it's her and another guy, just the two of them. And the band is called Petra. Okay. And the band page, her bio says, she has quietly been making music under the name Bed for close to a decade, but Petra will be her first release. She is currently working between New Mexico City and Los Angeles. And you can listen to some of the album, single, whatever, on SoundCloud. It is, and? it's ambient music. There's no vocals. It sounds like my, like my sleep app. So what is, does she play an instrument then? I, or is it all like computerized music? It's computerized, pretty sure. Where does her money come from? I don't know. But maybe I'll uncover that as I do more digging. This is only one day's research right here. So um, yeah, you can listen to it. It's on SoundCloud. I'll look it up. Yeah, I'm just, I'm very curious as to where she, how she's funding all of this stuff. I just died at, she has quietly been making music under the name Bed for close to a decade. Um, and her ex-boyfriend Spencer is still in Brooklyn and he is a director and partner at Curfew which is a film company in Brooklyn and we have a LinkedIn connection Spencer really oh that's exciting Um, this young woman who used to be an intern at one of my old jobs um, worked with him somewhere upon a time so I thought that was kind of fun that is fun yeah so that's all I got on Chantal but you can find her on Instagram. You can listen to Petra. <laughs> if you want to fall asleep, you know. You can roll your eyes so far back in your head that you can see the back of your skull. Yep. And she's platinum blonde now. I'm here for that, though. Yeah. That would make her look more LA, too. I'm here for that. She's, I find her very pretty. Oh, like I think that. she's very pretty. And actually, I might as well talk about this now. I was going to talk about it later. But um, she needs to have a pixie cut. She desperately needs to have a pixie cut. Like the, in her confessionals, when her hair is pulled back for a minute, I thought she had a pixie cut. And I was like, oh, her hair is so cute. And then I realized it was just pulled back. Like she has the perfect face for a pixie cut. Yeah, good one. And, and a platinum blonde one would be like a Michelle Williams on her would be gorgeous. Oh yeah, good. All right, you ready? I'm ready. So we open the episode and the show with a pretty insanely fast moving montage. <laughs> I just wrote um, um, Brooklyn versus the Upper East Side. That's the that's the undercurrent of the whole show. So um, all the girls, not all the girls, several of the girls talk about how they grew up watching Sex in the City and they wanted to work in a gallery like Charlotte, which is just, ugh. Um, and it's a dream come true. Why live anywhere else? There's a big division between the Upper East Side and Brooklyn. Um, Upper East Side girls were in a sorority. Brooklyn girls wear red lipstick, weird jewelry, and weird clothes. And then we meet each girl really briefly. Angela um, is an artist, and she admits that she's a narcissist. Well, before that happens, we have my new favorite insult, which is when Eli Klein is interviewing a random intern and just says to her, you don't even speak Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm just going to start saying to everyone. So like, you don't even speak Chinese. 
Um, yeah. It didn't make sense out of context. Later, when I found out and looked up that his gallery only represents Chinese artists, <laughs> it made a lot more sense. But just randomly, I'm like, that's my new favorite insult. You don't even yeah. speak Chinese. Yeah. Um, and then Chantal, who refers to herself as a gallery owner, and she wants a community for people to show what they make. And she says it just like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy wants to be, um, I don't know what she said, an art advisor or something. Her intro was very short. Um, um, for my notes on Amy, I put, when all of these girls are either 24 or 23. Everyone's either 24 or 23. Uh-huh. Um, I put for Amy, um, Upper East Side, Dad Pays Bills, Farrah Fawcett hair. Yes. <laughs> for my notes on her. She reminds me a little of Jessie from NYC Prep, but a different breed but there there's some crossover interesting because she reminds me of cat from below deck season one. Oh yeah cat yeah. drunken cat yeah well i think they look a lot and she and jesse and cat all look a little similar too so i think it's the same kind of vibe um cat yeah. was a big drunk so i think that's where i was getting that from but <laughs> yeah yes. um well i forgot that the ladies on the show were old enough to drink of course they are they're like 24 years old but amy oh girl yeah um so Claudia says that she is curating her own gallery and she wants to sell million dollar paintings. And Maggie, whose hair is too long, thought she had a good resume until she graduated college and realized everyone has the same resume. Carrie, who she is the hustler of the show. I think she's the one that really works. And that's why she is now referred to as like the boring one. Um, Because she doesn't have time to get involved in any drama. She has bills to pay and working for a living. Um, And then there is Liz, who um, she says she lives off her dad and people might think she's a brat, but it's fine with me. It's her path. (laughs) Well, and she's going to the School of Visual Arts and lives in Gramercy. Yep. And obviously the art world is cutthroat. You have to work for free. You stick it out till you get to the top. Everyone's willing to do everything. And therefore there is a new level of competitive. Um, and let's not forget in the beginning that we got to see Angela at Milk Studios being a model and doing a photo shoot with oh, yeah. David, her non-date, non-boyfriend fuck buddy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't even there yet. So Angela... Oh, also- I guess... Did you... Well, maybe... Because I took my mine in chronological order. So I have Milk Studios first, and then I have the girls as they showed up. So I have yeah, Angela, too. Carrie, Amy, Claudia and Chantal then yeah. Liz. I was so, just going, the, I was going over the quick, the crazy montage. Oh, gotcha. Well, I, but I thought the, the, the Milk Studios thing was the beginning of the crazy montage. No, it's just after, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> Angela gets naked a lot. So everyone buckle into that. Yeah, I um, got that vibe. Yeah. Um, so she is modeling for a book topless she's from orange county both her parents are doctors we got a lot of background info on each girl actually in this intro um there was a good amount to fill in for future caddy catalogs um and so her parents don't according to her approve of her lifestyle in new york and they cut her off after college um so she waitresses models but she really wants to become a photographer well, I can imagine. Can I, I mean, if you are the daughter of two Asian doctors, I'm sure that their trajectory for her was not like running around the art world. I'm sure she was supposed to be a doctor. Yeah. Um, and she is a self-proclaimed, as I said, narcissist, but also a, a man-obsessed lady. Loves, loves men. Them. She loves them. Loves them. 
So the photographer at this shoot, his name is David, he's Australian, and she had modeled nude for him before, and there's some flirtation going on, and they talk about one of the previous photos, and she says, oh, the one with the flower in my pussy? Yep, she sure does. And David corrects her and says, well, it wasn't in your pussy. (laughs) Really, really charming. Uh, And then we go to Carrie, who is moving into her own apartment in the West Village. From Long Island. Yep. So I will have more background info on Carrie because she was in the same sorority at Syracuse as one of my childhood best friends. (gasps) Nice. So I don't know that my friend knows that much about her personally, but she knows a little bit more. So we'll see what we can get out of that when it's Carrie's week. Um, I want to know how to become a lifestyle manager. So yeah, she works for- It sounds like the most fun job ever. Yeah, she works for a concierge company. um, And- I want to know, she must have been doing decently well to afford her own West Village apartment without roommates. It's probably a studio, but that wasn't cheap. No, 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 no. I mean, it wasn't. But she, I mean, I would imagine if she's doing this lifestyle managing thing, she gets paid pretty well. I guess so. Good. I mean, she's the one, she works the most. Like she's, she's, I think she's never around for the social functions and stuff because she's always the one at work. Gotcha. Which makes sense. Um, But it's a cute moment that, um, her mom is helping her move in and she's talking about, you know, she's working her ass off and she traveled a lot in college and she realized if she can mix art into what she's doing for a living, that's really what she wants to do. I did get a little bit of like a eye roll haha moment though, when she was talking about like how she was middle class and worked so hard and got this apartment herself and then was like, after college, I just traveled around Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like what? Yeah. Like normal people can't do that. Like you can't just travel around Europe for a year, Miss Middle Class Woman. I think you're probably upper middle class. Right. And compared to everyone else on this show, you might be middle class. But yeah. So then we go to the Upper East Side and Amy is taking a bubble bath and admits that her father takes care of her and allows her to work for free. And she loves the Upper East Side because it's safe, clean, and who doesn't love cute boys in sweater vests? Um, I just can't get over her fair faucet hair. Like every third look, <laughs> she's got like that feathered sausage roll. Like I am here for it. I don't know if she was single-handedly trying to bring it back, but I am here for it. We watch Amy get like five blowouts in the show, I think. Amaze. I'm here she for gets, it. I think she says that she gets like four blowouts a week. That tracks. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. She probably goes every other day. Yeah. Um, so then we go down to the Lower East Side, and that's where we go to End of Century, which is the store we mentioned. And Chantal and Claudia, who have been friends for about a year, they decided to open up their own space uh, with their friend, Lara. Claudia interned at the Gagosian Gallery, and she said she would rather wait tables and do her own space than ever do a big gallery again. Yeah, it was not for her, not her jam. Not her jam. And then she says in their business, friendship comes first and business comes second. I feel like those are probably famous last words. They are indeed. Um, I also felt validated because I wrote during this one in my notes, looks like a store with a question mark. And um, later, I feel like Liz validates that that comment that I made. Yeah, it looks like a clothing store where you can buy the art on the wall. 100%, yeah. I would not call it a gallery. No, and I feel like New York has a lot of those. Yeah. I mean, mean, we have them here. I mean, there's Maketo, which you can like buy art, tennis shoes, have a full meal or get a cup of coffee. Like there's, I mean, there's a lot of places like that. Yeah, I do think it's interesting that they find it a really unique concept in, you know, 2011 in New York. But (laughs) to each their own. Um, So they all live in Brooklyn, obviously. 
Um, they opened this door on the Lower East Side because there was room for something unconventional. That's what Chantal says. Claudia is in charge of booking the artists and managing the gallery. And Chantal and Lara are in charge of merchandise and the designers. Um, they met at Angela's birthday party. And then we meet Spencer, Chantal's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Claudia is from rural Illinois. And Chantal's from yes. Georgia, as I mentioned. So much background this episode. Liz goes to the School of Visual Arts. She lives in Gramercy. And she is having her first day as an intern at Eli Klein Fine Art. And Liz lets us know that her dad is a famous art collector. His collection's worth millions. And so she basically uses that to get an internship at Eli Klein. And it's the whole internship thing is, first of all, all of them are just indentured servants. Like they should just, I guess, to be in the art world, you just have to be an indentured servant. Everyone seems to work for free. No wonder these galleries make so much money. Um, If anyone would like to come be my indentured servant and clean my apartment, like I would be very much here for it. what I thought was really interesting is that Maggie, I believe it seems like she has this comes from as much money as Liz does. So I don't, I mean, I guess maybe her family doesn't buy art, but it's like, I don't get why Eli is kissing Liz's ass and letting her walk all over him, but he's doing the opposite to Maggie. Because of Liz's dad. He is, so he's not, it's not just a money thing. It's his position in the art world. He's like a, oh, okay. So I think we learn more about it in the episode where they go to Art Basel in Miami, but he is like Florida really big deal. art. Yeah, he's, gotcha. a big, he's a big deal. Um, I also was super confused um, when she was, when they were telling Liz to do, so they were like, oh, go help paint, go do whatever. And she was just like, ah, I can't even lift a painting. Um, there were seven paintings that were the same. I know. Like, I thought art was supposed to be original, and it just looked like reprints on canvas. It was weird. I know. Like, who's paying $100,000 for a painting that there's six other copies of? My only thought, because we didn't see the art, we saw them, like, wrapped in bubble wrap, right? Yeah. My only thought was that maybe it's, like, a series of photos where they're all framed the same size, but, like, each piece is different or something. No, I freeze-framed it and got real up close and looked. They you were. Did? I mean, they're the same. Yeah, they were the same. <laughs> Well, good for you. Um, so Maggie also worked at Eli Klein, and she said she's worked there for three years. When we okay, first... this is when I'm so fucking confused, and so it comes confused. up at the end, um, but we can discuss it now, is that she says she's worked there for three years, but then when she comes crawling back to Eli to get her internship back, he says that an internship commitment is 30 days. Right. What? Yeah. At, huh? And he said, well, you fulfilled the 30 days. And she says, I fulfilled many 30 days. And it's very strange. And so she says half the reason that Eli owns a gallery is to be surrounded by pretty girls he can boss around, which seems true. And she says she couldn't stand the way he was treating her. And she just left work for a few weeks to get away Mm -hmm. and didn't say anything to her boss. And she goes to his opening and just to like hang around and says, hopefully he hasn't hired someone new. And he acts like she still works there and makes her tell everyone to leave. It was weird. It's very weird. And I don't, I'm not sure if we get clarity or not. I don't remember because I haven't rewatched this in a long time, but there you think it's possible that she just came back for filming. Maybe. 
I also wonder, I'm not, so we get in the scenes from this season, Liz speculating that they have a very strange personal relationship and I'm kind of in that boat. Inter- like they're screwing? Or Eli wanted to screw her and it made her uncomfortable, but then she wanted her internship or something. I don't know. I mean, I just got the vibe that he was treating her like a slave and she was over it. I, I don't know. It, their dynamic gets weird. Okay. Well, well he's weird. Like, if you, I, I was a little taken aback by the, like, he likes to boss around pretty girls comment because I thought he was gay. Like, <laughs> I got a very gay vibe from him throughout. I mean, he's obviously not, but. Yeah. I don't know. It, we see more of him. Um, so then it's the night of Eli's opening of his new show, and Liz brings her dad, which is interesting because she basically brings him as, like, a power tool. It's like a. <laughs> It's like arm candy gone opposite. Like she brings her dad to intimidate everybody. Um, well, and- before we discuss that, we need to discuss yeah. Ryan, Maggie's boyfriend. Okay. Who I want to climb like the fucking Eiffel Tower. Like he is <laughs> hot and stupid and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. We also need to talk about how Maggie can't stop twirling her hair. That's all she does. Yeah, pretty much. And her hair is too long. It is. It's too long and it's not layered enough. Yeah, it's it's not great. Like, the length would be fine if she, like, layered it, but it's too long and heavy. Well, and when she has a braid, she just looks like Little House on the Prairie. Like, pull, or, like, it's, like, pulled to the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we see- also, I was pissed about, um, not pissed, but when Liz is talking about her dad and about how he just, like, wears jeans and looks all grubby, and then they go to galleries, and the receptionist doesn't know who he is and is rude to him. All I could think of is, bitch, you would do the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, if someone walked into her gallery and looked all schlubby, she 100% would treat them like dirt. So where the fuck is she getting off with this? Like, how dare they treat my dad this way just because he's dressed down, and don't they feel stupid when that happens? I guarantee you she does the same thing. Yeah. Um, so... Maggie is very nervous to go to this opening because she hasn't spoken to Eli since she just like walked out one day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they have a really awkward exchange outside too when she introduces Ryan and then he invites her to go into the party, but it's like, he's still treating her like an intern, but is inviting her to go inside to the place that he's also treating her like she still works at. Yeah. Their vibe is so, so strange. And then we see Liz talking to someone and she says, oh no, remember that girl I told you about? She's here. And (laughs) they cut to Amy, who Liz has known since she was five, um, because I think they're both kind of in the Florida world together. And she says, Amy is a certified ass kisser. She is. Amy is exhausting. It's all she She seems exhausting. Yeah. Uh, And... We get a quick scene at end of century, which then I realized um, I saw the number on the door. And so I Googled where it was and it was at 237 Eldridge Street. So nice. I, did try, I did walk by it one time when I was down there. <laughs> I had a very large problem with this scene because, so Claudia was wearing a dress from their store. I'm not calling it a gallery from their store. Yeah. And has ripped a giant hole in it. Like there's like a, a lace like kind of back and she, and a big hole. I mean like the size of a grapefruit, like on the side of this dress. Yeah. And like you can see her thong. And I can't remember who compliments her on it. Is it Lara or Angela? I can't even remember. One of them says, I like your dress. And she goes, oh, we carry it. If you carry that dress in your store and you just rip the one on your body, go grab a non-ripped one and put it on. 
Like, why are you going to a gallery opening with a giant grapefruit-sized hole in the back of your dress? I don't know. Or they're scared that she'll damage another one and they can't afford to buy two. Well, there's, they're literally standing in a store full of clothes. Put anything else on. I know. And then Chantal says, it's bad branding. Or is it genius? No, it's not genius. No, it's not genius. It's bad branding. Yeah. And it also, it's not the kind of lace where like a giant hole looks like it was part of the dress. It looked, no. dam- it looked damaged. Yeah. Yeah. And how poorly must that dress have been constructed that that happened with her just putting it on? Yeah, it wasn't I mean, unless tight. she was jumping into it. You know, it wasn't that tight. It, it, it's, I mean, it obviously was not a very well-constructed dress. I know. I am jealous of how skinny all the end-of-century girls are, though. There's, like, yeah, there's a lot of skinny. I'm jealous of how buff all of the Upper East Side girls' boyfriends are. Yeah. No, they all have, like, they've got that twiggy Brooklyn thing happening. You know, like, <laughs> I, I would never be it, but I, I really admire it, you know? Um <laughs> So we're back at the party and they're talking about how there are, are a big mix of people. And I don't remember, Liz has quite a breakdown of who's at the party, but I didn't write it down. Well, there, um, so the artist that is being featured is Han Yawan. Uh, it's, her last name is Y-A-J-U-A-N. Yuhan Yuan is the artist that they're featuring. And then the only thing that I got is when Liz is doing her like, soliloquy about everyone's who's there and the one she said that made me roll my eyes because she is going to be this person someday and someday soon is she said there's a bunch of cougar women here trying to still be young yes that are probably 40 i'm like not even that that much older than her and i'm like honey that's where you're headed so you better slow your roll yep um and the end of century girls walk in and don't they call themselves like the widows or something <laughs> I forget that was no that was when they were still at at end of century. And okay. I think it's the Black Widows, I think they call themselves. Yeah, that's exactly what they look like. <clears throat> so they're all wearing black and they all have red lipstick on, like, it's exactly what everyone said. Um, and they always have lipstick on their teeth, according to everybody. Yeah. And so Maggie tells Liz about when she tried to be friends with the Brooklyn ladies and went to a cocktail party at their place in Brooklyn and they did slap shots where you take a shot and then someone slaps you um and quite frankly um when we can finally meet together for book club again i'm 100 percent suggesting this game <laughs> that's <laughs> just because you want to slap people <laughs> uh i'm kind of i'm not often with maggie but i was with maggie on that one i was like that doesn't feel fun really really stupid and also i love that she hates Chantel's name i know yeah um, so Carrie, much to her credit, she comes to this opening and she completely ignores all of her castmates and just tries to get an internship. She is Which just, she does. Yeah, she's networking her ass off, introducing herself, getting business cards, um, and she's not paying attention to the other young ladies at all. And they, I, did you get the vibe that they had met before, the castmates, or only some of them? Um, I got the feeling that only some of them had met before. I feel yeah. like Carrie had met a ton of them before. Yeah, I think she definitely we saw, hadn't met Amy before. Right. And we saw Liz meet them for the first time, I think. Yeah. And I actually thought that Liz was being nice and introduced herself. And they were talking about um, how she's from Miami. And Angela says that she looks like she's from Orange County. And she said, Oh, I love Orange County. And being nice, because Angela says that's where she's from. And then they, uh, eventually when Liz walks away, they're all just laughing at her. Yeah, I'm not, um, 
again, like you said, you kind of like fluctuate with how you feel about people throughout the course of the show. Yeah. And in this scene, I was team lit. Like, I mean, she was, she was just being pleasant. She's like, I'm going to go over and introduce myself. Everything she said was nice. She was trying to make conversation about common interests and they were cunts. Like, you know, whatever. I mean, you, I get. I think having, you'll like, you'll like Liz overall, I think. I get having like your guard up if you grew up in Orange County and you considered yourself to be like on the outskirts and a little funky and weird that if you're presented with someone who appears like the people who were probably mean or nasty to you, having your guard up. But I mean, it was unnecessary. It was rude. And they did. Usually I feel like when Bravo edits things to look like someone is saying something about somebody and they're literally standing next to them and they're like, how could they be so tone deaf to not know this person's going to hear them? But it's not actually happening. This time, it was actually happening. Like, they were being cunts, like, right next to her and she heard everything they said. Yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting that Eli is kind of a cast member because he invites the End of Century girls to dinner and it's like, Eli, you're not on this show. (laughs) Is he not? I figured he was a central part. Like, he was in a lot of this episode. He he kind of is. He doesn't go away, but I I think it's funny that he, like, thinks he's a gallery girl. You know, like, (laughs) I feel like he likes being on camera a lot. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure that he was, I mean, is it even possible? Because, I mean, again, it was mostly this episode was centered around his gallery, but that he was one of the ideas for the show. I mean, maybe it was presented to him. Maybe. I mean, clearly he's all on board because his gallery is all over the place. Yeah, and still there. I looked it up. It's still in existence. Yeah. Um, So the ladies don't want to go to Eli's dinner despite the invitation. And... um, Chantal says she would rather kill herself and then she says also I'm trying to think about my image yeah (laughs) and then Liz and Maggie compliment each other's shoes uh and they make fun of the end of century girls for having their thongs sticking out and also this is where we got the um Eli um telling Maggie to tell people to leave oh yeah treat her like an intern Maggie make everybody leave and, and the way she interacted with him was so weird. I, she was just like, but that's mean. I don't, eh. I, It was almost like a father-daughter. It's, you're right. The relationship was a little strange. So in the scenes from the season where you get the little snippet of him making her count pebbles. Yes. So that really happens. And she takes this tone with him all the time where she's like, but Eli... And it's like, are you flirting with him? Is it a is it a father daughter thing? Like they have a very very strange dynamic, and it never goes away. But well, I'm sure we'll discuss it at length later. So we go to dinner at Amazing Sixty Six, which looks like an amazing um, Chinese restaurant where they do Peking duck. Yeah, it looked yummy. It looked like Peking gourmet in here outside of DC had a similar vibe, but much smaller. Um, And so Maggie, again, is talking about how she took a break from Eli because Liz didn't even know that she was an intern there (laughs) and they're at the same table. (laughs) And Liz just can't figure it out. Um, Amy is shit-faced, out of nowhere, just like slurring hot mess and is glomming all over Liz. And Liz is like, you need to eat. How about some water? Maybe some food? How about some water? Well, but this is where we get the giant bombshell that Amy dated Eli. According to her, yeah. So do you think that means slept with? I don't know. Because Maggie was very adamant that she did not think that Eli would be putting his dick in her. Like he was, she was like, I don't see Eli sleeping with someone like that. So I'm confused as to why she would think she dated. I mean, usually if someone says something like that, it means they like banged a couple times and they're assuming they dated. 
But yes. I feel like with Amy, that's not the case. Like maybe I... they were at events together a few times and she, I don't know, but I'm dying to get to the bottom of it. Do we ever get to the bottom of it? I don't remember. I um, hope so. And the direct quote was, I don't think Eli would ever fuck someone like Amy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Liz admits that she like really hates drunk people because she's done partying. She got it out of her system when she was 17. Well, the OC. Laguna. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure she was partying it up in high school. I think we might learn later that she's a recovering addict. Oh, we do? Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah, I think. Or it, not necessarily a recovering addict, but it was something she struggled with and now avoids. Like, I think she admits that at some point. Um, so then it is the next day and Angela is on a non-date. She uses that phrase many times at Joe's Shanghai with David. Yep. And they are reviewing the photos from the photo shoot on his Blackberry. <laughs> I had a very hard time with this scene because um, I wanted to throttle Angela. Okay. Um, well, I mean, her whole, like, I'm too cool for dating. Dating isn't a thing. People don't do, like, call it whatever the fuck you want, bitch, but you're on a date. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I, I can't stand, like, she's so hipster too cool for school and thinks she's so cool like it's annoying me yeah and she's also sitting there actively flirting with him and talking about how she used to spend time in australia she loves it there and fuck some australians but she's lost her virginity to an australian yeah and then it's like but this isn't a date it's like well stop laying it on so thick then and just look at the pictures also i was a little confused because at the end of the date well the end of the non-date um he's short on cash but like don't you you know you're a big photographer you don't have a credit card like, I thought that was weird. Unless, I mean, the only thing I think of is a cash-only restaurant, maybe. It kind of looked like one, not gonna lie. But, and then Angela, like, kind of makes fun of him that he doesn't have enough money. But it's like, well, if it's a non-date, why don't you put down a 20 and be like, get me next time? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, well, I mean, she says that. She's like, oh, it's a good thing it wasn't a date because he didn't have money. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You're so stupid. Put some more tape on your nipples. <laughs> she does later. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, so then we go to the Lower East Side and Claudia is having money panic. Um, I felt really bad for Claudia. Like in the, as of this episode, I like Claudia throughout and I feel yep. very bad for her. You will continue to feel bad for her. I think she gets a little insufferable, but she is not wrong when it comes to their financial issues. I'm pretty sure. Um, so they are burning money in order to get the store open is what she says. And Claudia put in a huge investment because her family gave them $15,000. Yes. For a one-year loan. And so she feels like she's the only one who's taking their- Is it a loan or just a gift? She said they have a year to pay it back. Okay, I didn't I didn't hear that part. So that that's even more stressful. Like I thought it was just yeah. like, here's $15,000. Yeah. And so she says that she's the only one taking their opening budget seriously. And this is where we really get into, this is where, this is where we met Laura, the other owner. Because we hadn't seen her before, had we? That's later at the coffee shop when they treat her like absolute garbage. Oh, okay. Um, we go briefly to the Upper East Side to see Amy at her internship um, for the woman, Sharon, who Carrie met at the Eli Klein opening. Yes. Um, and At Kaplan of, Horowitz Art Advertising Company. I think it's Art Advising. Oh, I, Art Advisory. Yes, I could never read my own handwriting. Um... And you get a glimpse at what it's like to be an art intern. And it looks, I mean, being an intern is obviously not great, but they, she has the interns like 
compare this long catalog to a guy's personal collection or something. Like they basically have to go page by page and see which stuff he owns and what he does. And it looked really boring. And Amy thinks that Carrie's outfit is inappropriate for work, but she keeps it to herself. Um, so this is where I got really excited and I liked, um, I loved Carrie's outfit because she's wearing a fur coat. Um, but this is where we start and I forgot and it made me so nostalgia for like the early 2010s, um, the festival of fur vests. Oh yeah. Like we first, she takes out her fur coat, she's wearing a fur vest. Later Liz is wearing a fur vest. Someone else is wearing, this is when everyone's wearing this like faux fur vests and I'm very into it and I'm so excited to be seeing them all over my TV screen again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so then we go to Despresso Cafe and Claudia wants to talk to her partners about the money situation and their budget. And Chantal can't get off her phone. And she Neither says, of them, Chantal or Lara. Yeah. And they are busy dealing with designers. Well, and I got very confused by this because Claudia rightfully is saying like, I'm the one that's, you know, I got all this money for my family. I invested the money. I'm really concerned. We need to do this. And Chantal's like, I put in money. Like, I don't, don't even say that. And then she says, I put in 2,500 from my aunt. But later she says that she's been supporting herself since she was 16. So if you're supporting yourself since you were 16, how are you getting $2,500 from your aunt? Like getting money from your family is not truly supporting yourself. Also, don't compare $2,500 to $15,000. There's a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, it's a huge difference. And Claudia is panicking, and she says that she thinks the problem is that they have different business philosophies. And if that is coming to light before you've even got the door open, that's bad. Yes, red flags everywhere. That's what they should call the gallery, red flag. And if her name is on the lease, I, I don't know. I'm... I don't know. I'm just very curious about the business dealings that are happening. And if they're days away from opening, what are they possibly still frantically emailing designers about? Like they had an inventory the other night. We saw them like hanging things up. The only, well, A, this is Bravo. So who knows when the scene was filmed that could have been filmed before we saw them going through inventory. And B, if this truly was originally slated to be a pop-up and then they decided to continue with it, Maybe they only had enough inventory for the pop-up. Maybe. And we're trying to find, you know, future stuff to carry. Yeah. Well, Chantal said she was juggling 40 people. That's what she said. Sure. I, I, wait, yeah, whatever. I don't. She's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see Amy get her eyelashes done for the first time. Um, which was hysterical to me. And I loved that she said, um, and I, I can, I could just tell from this little 30 second scene that she was the most annoying client ever. Um, but I loved what she was like, I get very nervous with needles and tape. Okay. There are no needles involved with eyelash extensions whatsoever. And tape makes you nervous. Like, I, huh? Like, I thought that was weird. I'm like, why does tape make you nervous? I don't know. Although I do have a quick fun sidebar story. Um, when I was in my early twenties and lived with lesbians that were constantly like had a rotating parade of girlfriends moving in and out of my apartment. Um, one of them was this girl, Carrie, that I couldn't stand. And she was a little bit of a fashion model and she worked at the Versace store in Chevy Chase when it was still there. And okay. while she worked there, it was robbed, armed robbed by a bunch of drag queens. <laughs> and they duct taped the employees in the back room. Um, and Carrie was, I mean, they weren't hurt. They duct taped them. Um, but I didn't like this girl. She always annoyed me and she kind of had PTSD from it. So I bought duct tape and I would come up behind her in the house all the time and just slowly peel it and make her jump in the air. (laughs) So I guess some people are scared of tape. 
Um, well, I had a friend who did back in probably around this time in the days of Groupon, she went to get her eyelashes done at some cheap ass place with a Groupon and the, her eye got like glued shut and she had to like go to urgent care. Oh, that a hundred percent can happen. Like be yeah. afraid of the glue, but do not be afraid of the tape. Um, and again, if you ever want to get lash extensions, there are no needles. There are no needles involved at all. I don't know what she was talking about with that. Yeah. People are afraid of anything, you know? So then we have to watch Maggie grovel to Eli in front of Liz for her internship back. And there's just a desk with two chairs at the front of the gallery. Eli's in one, Liz is in the other. And Maggie sits there like a customer and just kind of wimpily asks for her job back. Um, And he says... It was a weird exchange. It was a very weird exchange. Yes, and so he says, like, so what, you want the internship back? And she says, well, we're going to have to sit down and discuss that. And I think what she was trying to say was, could we discuss it in private without Liz here? Because they're already sitting down and discussing it. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, so you want to work here? And she says, I guess, yeah. That's, that's not the way to state your case. And so then she says she'll finish the internship out, but she can't keep doing internships for him. That's when we learned that internships are 30 days. And so I guess she keeps filling it up again and doing a 30 day internship over and over again for him for free. But she says she can't keep doing it that way. And she looks like she's going to cry the whole time. It's weird. And if she's done, if internships are 30 days and she's worked for him for three years, that means she's done, what, 34 internships for him? 36, yeah. Yeah. Well, I she know. walked out of one. That's true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, and a half. but I don't get it. Like, is the end game to work for him? Is the end game to use this internship as a stepping stone to work for someone else? In which case, you've completed a million of them. Go get a job with someone else. I don't, I don't it doesn't know. Make sense. And then they end this really painful conversation with, we'll see you on Monday. And then the cameras catch up with her outside and she says, he clearly doesn't appreciate anything I've done if he doesn't even know how long I've worked here. Um, but she's not wrong. No, it's so, so strange. I mean, but would you appreciate anything anyone's done if you had a free flowing revolving door of free girls to work for you indefinitely? Probably no. not. No, and no offense to Maggie, but is she really standing out at the back? No. I mean, maybe she's a great intern and we haven't seen that yet, but like, she's kind of mousy. Like she couldn't even ask for her job back. Well, and the 30 day thing makes a lot more sense with me with Liz. Cause I was like, why is he putting up with this girl? Who, I mean, I know for her father, but just being like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Get me a coffee, whatever. But I'm like, Oh, for 30 days, who cares? And if it's going to get him, you know, her father buying art or get his name out there, why not? Yeah. Yep. So then it is the night of the, opening of end of century and we're in williamsburg briefly where chantal is getting ready and, and i wrote my notes chantal williamsburg because of course yes oh yeah like where else um, would she live and we see her arrive at the store and she drove there she got out of a car that she parked which i thought was interesting. oh i didn't even notice that considering how drunk she is later oh i don't know or maybe yeah it, it was a station wagon she parked it right out front uh, maybe she left it there and then yeah. picked it up the next day. And when she walks into the store, Laura is crying because she's overwhelmed. And Chantal says that she's missing the stress gene. She doesn't know why her partners are so upset. 
Yeah, she said, apparently this is stressful for my partners. And I was like, what, huh? I mean, I, if, yeah, if, I guess if you're not the person to put in the $15,000. I don't get why, I mean, I kind of get why Lara is stressed too. But Chantal, I get why she's, I mean, not Chantal, Claudia, I get why she's stressed. Yeah, I think Lara's just seems overtired from like setting up the store and stuff like that. That's the vibe I got. But I do, people like Chantal, where do I sign up for that? Like, where is this life, like, free of worry, this, like, oh, figure it out, you know? Like, I, I want that. How do you get yeah, that? Yeah, me too. She doesn't, she gen- she's right. She doesn't have the stress gene. She doesn't seem concerned about anything. It's no. impressive. Um, so then we watch Angela get ready with her, you know. Gaggle of gaze. Her gaggle of gaze, yeah. And her um, fat pussy. Yeah, oh, yeah. She, we've heard pussy a couple times. Um, so, of course, she invited the Australian photographer to this opening for another non-date. And they've been texting a lot. And she, we watch her pick out her outfit or, you know, she's getting her makeup done and she's getting her outfit ready. She says, my friends say that I dress high concept, but by that they mean completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then her gaggle of gaze tells her that she looks like a Moulin Rouge porn star. Yes, and then and that's as, when she says, talks about her fat pussy. Yeah, and as they leave the apartment, one of the gays says, I hope we get a hot cab driver. I was really? here for that. <laughs> really? I love a hot cab driver. Sure, all right. Um, um, I also want to know if she meant fat F-A-T or fat P-H-A-T. I don't know. She's so skinny, she probably thinks that her pussy is a little F-A-T fat. Probably. Yeah. Um, so at the opening party, everyone is engaging with the art, which Claudia is really excited about. And then she admits she's afraid of the cop showing up. Um, and the artist is Lauren Luloff, L-U-L-O-F-F. Oh, good for you. And the name of the exhibit is Ocean Wind and Still Life. And the exhibit ran from October 7th to October 28th of 2011. Nice. Good for you. Totally missed that. Um, so I think it's funny that Claudia is afraid of the cops too, because there's probably like another opening just like that within like a five block radius in New York. Like it wasn't even that loud. Like there were, they were all of age, you know, it was like indoor, outdoor, people are taking smoke breaks, but it wasn't like rowdy as hell. Yeah. I don't get it. Like we've seen a million of these parties on reality TV and Bravo. I've never seen the cops do shit. I've been to things like this in gallery. I mean, like, what is she talking about? The only know. thing that would make sense to me is if, because it was a pop-up originally, maybe it's super residential. Maybe. And they were afraid that, like, the neighbors, like, maybe it's, like, the first floor of, like, a building, and they were afraid the people upstairs were going to come. I mean, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and they say, Angela finds David, which we ha- watch them have another awkward moment. Someone says there's a New York Observer reporter there. They mentioned that in passing. And Liz and Maggie show up uh, to their opening and they bring their boyfriends. Do we well, learn- Let's, let's first know? talk about the David thing when Angela does, and I, I cannot stand people, and this is probably a little bit because I was probably like this in my early 20s, but um, she of course has to inappropriately sexualize it by telling everyone like, this is David, he shot me naked. Yeah, yeah. And like, we get it. Like, you're very free with your body. Like, we calm down. And she also didn't mention while she was getting dressed that she is shooting the party. Like she's taking photos of the opening. So she invited him to hang out, but she's working. While she technically. works. Yeah. Yeah. I also have a feeling, and I would not be surprised at all if Angela says that this at some point throughout the season. And if we don't see it on camera, I would be 
guarantee you she has said it off camera. I bet at least once she has said that she is a gay man trapped in a woman's body. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that sentence has come out of her mouth at some point, probably multiple times. I hate when women say that. Well, I also hate when gay men say that they're a uh, black woman trapped in a man's body, like equally as offensive and stupid. Yeah, I have a friend who says it and I'm like, can you, can you not? Let's not. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Liz is explaining in her confessional what a hipster is. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, I don't know. Sneakers, tight jeans, glasses with no lenses. You know one when you see one. <laughs> she's not wrong. <laughs> nope. And so do we learn Liz's boyfriend's name? We know it's Maggie and No. Maggie. Yeah. It's I, not. And I like rewound and looked and they, for whatever reason, he never got a name card. Yeah, he looks like he could be from Miami, too. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, I actually found it supportive of them to go to the opening. And Liz likes some of the clothes and the jewelry. And she's complimenting the merchandise. And she goes over to say hello to Chantal and says, oh, we met the other night. And Chantal is so rude. She's, she's a cunt. So a flat out cunt. Like, no wonder your stupid stork didn't make it if you're going to be rude to potential customer. I mean, like, and she was being very nice about it. Well, all she had to do was like say, oh yeah, thanks for coming. That's it. Yeah. And you could have That's walked all. away after that. You could have pretended to be busy, but just say, oh yeah, we met the other night. Um, and I did love, and this is where Maggie backed up my assertion from earlier. And Maggie says more like an overpriced clothing store than a gallery. Yes. And Claudia says that they showed up with their beefy men who could eat the end of century boys, which is true. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Um, I also like that Ryan um, Dunley says, like, I love the Lower East Side. I and know. Liz is, and Maggie's like, what? Yeah. You do? <laughs> she said it smells down here. That's yeah. what she said. <laughs> so then after Liz and Chantal have this exchange, Liz, once they get outside, says that Chantal had lipstick on her teeth, which is just a chef's kiss. And then Chantal tells someone that it upset her. That exchange. That they showed up. Yeah, I don't. She's stupid. Also, why has no one taught any of the Brooklyn girls, like, the finger lipstick trick? I don't know. It's not that hard. No. You literally just put your lipstick on, stick your finger in, pull it out, and, like, no lipstick on the teeth. Problem solved. It's not that hard to not get lipstick on your teeth. No. I know. Um, So then we see people are getting wasted and they're dancing a little bit inside the store. And Chantal says it to the camera. What what was the thing on her face? It was like a little veil. Fuck if I know. I mean, it was supposed to be a veil, (laughs) but it looks like some kind of like half black lampshade nightmare. It was stupid is what it was. It was was real stupid. It was like a veil that only covered her eyes. And she looks so wasted, like Amy at the Chinese restaurant wasted. And she says, if after six months this doesn't work, I'm just going to fly to Key West and hire a raft to Cuba and I'm going to chill. And then um, someone, she sees someone at the corner of her eye and takes off, <laughs> yep. leaving the producer in the dust. It was like, oh, I'm sorry. Hi, I got to go. Yep. I, a, I was shocked that there wasn't more cocaine at this party. I thought for sure there would be a lot of coke, like coked up people. Um, and also I was a little surprised that there wasn't any smoking. I thought like rail thin gallery girls would be chain smoking. You see them smoking when they're walking down the street with Laura. 
Oh, you do? Okay, I missed it. Because I was Cla- expecting, like, Kelly Catrone-style, like, chain smoking. When Claudia was talking about the money from her family, they were all walking and smoking. And smoking, okay. Yeah. Um, so then they close up shop, and Chantal is so drunk. She says she's going to do 8 a.m. yoga and then come back to end of century and work. And then she says, yeah. see you, fuckers. She's then, out. Yep. And then we get scenes from the season, and... You know, we see Maggie counting pebbles. They go to Miami. I'm uh, excited for her pebble. Yeah. And we see Amy's father saying that he has sold the place in New York and she's going to have to move out. <laughs> all, all the good stuff. It's it's a good show. That was a not the greatest opener, but they had a lot of background. There's quite a few cast members. Well, I figured that this was just, I figured once we got to meet everyone, because there's so many cast members, that, like, the meet will start happening next episode. Yeah. I just remember being fascinated by this world, too, because I've never had this strong desire to, like, be somebody. And I didn't when I was, like, a young 20-something either, so I'm a few years older than them, and I remember watching it and being like, wow, they really actually think they are somebody in New York, which is impressive. Like, internally, they really think that, like, their name belongs in lights. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that false confidence, man. I wish I had that. (laughs) I'm also intrigued to hear the story of Amy's apartment when her dad's selling it, because they made it seem in this episode like her parents got it for her. But it looks like it actually was her parents' apartment, maybe like their pied-a-terre that they used when they were in New York, and they decided to get rid of it. Yep. Yeah, it's a fun ride, though. Yeah, well, I'm excited to go on it with you um, and all of you. I hope that you're enjoying it with us and watch along with us on NBC.com. And we will be back in a couple weeks with yet another episode of Gallery Girls. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebb at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at HeyIt'sMareB. Please remember to rate and subscribe. And have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.